Hey folks, welcome to episode 118 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode is going to be a multi-part series exploring Dallas Cloakey through the eyes of his friends. And This episode features Mark Devoigny's experiences climbing with a prolific adventure in Washington's climbing history, Dallas Cloakey. Dallas did his best to balance his call to the mountains with his service to his family and community. Dallas died in 2010 in a climbing accident with a cohort of climbers that Dallas met throughout his decades of climbing. Whenever I think of service to family and passion, I often love to observe how people balance the two. As I began rock climbing in Washington, I would read books that described climbing routes. It was there that I would see Dallas's name as the first descent on many routes in the Cascades. Dallas has put up many routes on Mount Erie, a mountain in the Puget Sound of Washington with some beautiful views of the surrounding islands. Without any further ado, here's Mark Devoigny. Go for a drive, I like to pull off to the side of the road, turn out the lights, get out and look up at the sky. And I do this to remind me that I'm really, really tiny in the grand scheme of things, and sometimes this terrifies me. So we meet in Fred Becky in the uh, parking lot. It used to be, I believe, the Denny's there, right there, College Way and the, in the uh, and I-5, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we pull in there. And here's Becky's already there. He's parked in a handicap zone uh-huh. and he's got all of his gear spread all over the sidewalk. Oh my gosh. You know, you go, what, do, what do we need? What do we need? And so, yeah, okay, we, so we finally get going. And so Dallas is taking his Volkswagen van, mm-hmm. his old bus. So we drive up there. We get across the border and Becky's always got something going on. So I got to get a phone. I got to get a phone. I got to call. I'm going to be going to China, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we stop at this McDonald's in Canada and he's, you know, Becky comes out of the bathroom. He has all, he has all his trash and he just sets it on the table. I mean, the guy, the guy was just oblivious to any, and he just puts his trash on the table and, you know, walks off. Okay. Well, the exhaust fumes at a, in Dallas's van. Uh-huh. If, if you're in the back, you get the fumes. <laughs> oh my God! So we went up to Canada and we got on the road. And the road was they were working on it. it was really rough. I mean, it was all chewed up. I mean, he needed four wheel drive. Well, Becky, he didn't care. Oh, we can get, we can make it, we can make <laughs> it. Course. Well, it wasn't his van, you know. So, yeah. So we decided to heck with that, and <laughs> we went back and visited some friends that Becky knew, and they were, I think, they were. Um, parasailers so they would hike up on the top of a peak and then then fly off oh, it, you yeah. know in canada so but we went and we cl- went with went to climb we would did chiam peak which mm-hmm. was just kind of a walk up on a trail and, and anything anyway so coming back heading back back to mount vernon to drop becky off and dallas and i were in the front well dallas becky was in the back and we're looking back there, and here's and and, and here was here was Becky, you know, like this right here. <laughs> so Dallas, Dallas, Dallas says, "My God, I killed Fred Becky." <laughs> <laughs> he was sacked out, but oh, oh the, wow. but the old the old Volkswagen bus was always had those fumes, and Howard Armstrong and I would always laugh at because in the winter time we'd go from these winter climbs. Well, yeah. hell. If we get in the wintertime in Dallas's Volkswagen bus, the heat didn't, the heater wasn't worth a damn. Oh, gosh. So Howard and I would always joke about, yeah, 
you put your down coat on when you're in the bus, you yeah. know, going. When you get outside in the snow, you know, you don't need your you don't need a down coat anymore. Yeah. So I just and I always I told Carolyn that because the the kids knew the story. You know, the kids yeah. knew the, all the, the bus. Oh, and the other the other good story on Dallas and he has his young son Neil. Mm-hmm. Neil was Neil played football in high school at Anacortes. Well, Dallas had his bus that he would drive. Well. Neil didn't want to be seen in the bus. So Howard Dallas would take his son to practice and Neil would have him dropped off a two two blocks away from the playing field so no one would see him getting out of this old Volkswagen bus. So yeah, too just too embarrassed. Oh, so awesome. yeah, it was yeah, yeah. I had good some always had good laughs on that. Oh, that's awesome. So there was yeah, you had to get yeah, we all, Dallas and I always liked about my God, you damn near killed Fred Becky. Yes. You know? Carbon monoxide is Yeah, carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. melatonin. We thought for sure he we, he, we thought for sure he was so they're you know, they're younger than, than Dallas and but Dallas was very good at, you know, taking people out and teaching them and very patient with showing him what to do. And I remember when I first started, you know, started putting in chalks and stuff and he would give, you know, tips about, well, it's, you know, I'm not, he would always, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to, how to climb, oh, wow. you know, but you know, if you do this, you know, if you do this to your, to your chalk and you put the sling this way and clip in this way, but you know, so forth, you know, tips on how to, you know, oh, that's cool. how, how to do the climbing. So, mm-hmm. uh, I got, I learned a lot from Dallas. And I think the other thing is uh, I've got to say is that, there's places that I never would have ever seen if it hadn't have been for him. As far as the mountains, yeah. I mean, you know, going in, I never, you know, who knows what I would have done. But um, he was always looking for something, you know, different and going up to Canada. And mm. I think one of the, like the Mount Victoria at the end of Lake Louise, if you've been up into that area before, mm-hmm. uh, we did that one. But there was another one called Mount Louis, just out of, um, it's close to where Calgary is. It was called Mount Louis, and mm-hmm. it's... It's kind of like the, I think the first guy that uh, climbed it, um, Conrad. Oh, what's his name? Anchor? Uh No, uh, one of the first Austrians that were climbing back in the twenties and the thirties. Anyway, Whoa. Conrad's. Anyway, Conrad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they climbed it, and his comment was, "Whoever his partner was, he says, you know, they'll never believe we climbed it because wow. it's really a spectacular peak." What's so, so spectacular for in your experience about it? Well, that one was just, it was an incredible rock climb. It really is. I mean, it's just, you look at that and think, how could you climb it? And you get in there and you're in chimneys and, you know, and it's just, it was a long, it was a long day. Wow. And so, um, but it was, just, it was, I know that, you know, if it wasn't for Dallas, I wouldn't have seen that. I probably wouldn't have climbed in Alaska. I don't know. Is he, so in your relationship with him, is he like often coming to you with things that he like wants to do? And like, is yeah, that he comes on suggestions and we t- we'd talk it over, you know, mm-hmm. let's go to California. What do you want to do down there? And so, you know, we'd get climbing books from California mm-hmm. or climbing books from Canada up in the band. There's rock climbing. I got climbing books. I got to, <laughs> I need to get, I'll give them to you because I don't know. Yeah. I got ropes and chocks that I probably won't ever use again. Oh, so. wow. But I don't know if he, cool. everybody was into when I first started climbing. It was all chalks. It was all cho- chalks, really. Chalks and stoppers uh-huh. and slings. You know, and yeah. then it wasn't until I don't know what it was the nineties. Sometimes when they started coming up with the friends. Wow, yeah. You know, and everybody started you know using the friends. So, That's wild. But I already had all these chalks and. Mm-hmm. I like a good chalk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, like, I mean, the friends are nice, but boy, I look at that and I think, man, <laughs> you take a fall on that thing, and it doesn't look like it's gonna. It looks like it's gonna pop out. Yeah, you know, exactly. It'll you, wiggle its way yeah, back. Yeah, wiggle its way back. Yeah. But you put a good chalk in there, and you know, either the 
rock's going to have to break apart or something. So yeah, exactly. Or, or a good sling or something. Uh, so yeah. Did it start off as like like climbing? Did it start off as a very nerve wracking thing for you, or were you pretty cool and climbing? I didn't. I I wasn't. Um, the heights don't bother me. No. Um, I'm pretty comfortable on the height, so the height the height never bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, and I always felt pretty much safe. Mm-hmm. I I know Dallas made a comment. He wrote some biographies up on some of his climbing partners, and I didn't even know he had until after he died. Wow. And then um, his uh, wife had the you know his writings that he had at home because he was a pretty prolific writer yeah. in terms, and so. Uh, all of, uh, anyway, I got a copy of it and it was kind of like, uh, well, boy, Mark takes some chances I wouldn't take or something <laughs> like that, you know. And I, well, yeah, I, and there, was a, there was a couple ones that, um, <gasps> I think we were climbing Whitney on the uh, east face of Whitney and there was the, the first pitch down low, the crux pitch. Uh-huh. I think I think about Dallas and I think even uh, his wife Carolyn made the comment about, Whenever you went on a climb, Dallas would kind of try to figure it out so he could get the crux pitch, lead the crux yeah. pitch. You know? Well, there was this wow. one. We were in climbing boots when we first started. All climbing boots. There's no rock shoes or At least anything. like big, like hiking great, great, boots. Great big old heavy leather, you know, boots. Whoa. I mean, they were for snow. They were for snow, rock. I mean, that's just, you know, wow. you didn't take any rock shoes or anything <laughs> like that. And so we were climbing on Whitney. And it was like the first pitch on that east face there. And mm-hmm. it was just thin. There wasn't much. And you got these great big boots on. And <laughs> I probably couldn't climb it anymore now. Wow. And so, but yeah, he's, uh, we, we, had, we, had, we had really a lot, a lot of fun. That's we, had, so cool. we did an Oregon trip and climbed all the, we, we did 10 peaks in seven days in Oregon. We we climbed Hood one day. And the next day we were on top of Jefferson. And, and so, and we had a, we had a great time. So yeah, he was he was he was writing them up, and mm-hmm. he'd send them in to Becky. To, if he did a, we did uh, some first ascents, and so he'd send them in to Becky, and they're in Becky's Bible. Wow, there's uh, in the most of them are probably in the Red Book because they're all the North Cascades up in this area, not down in the mm-hmm. Seattle or Tacoma or even further south. So. Just cl- because it was close, like that's why gravity. You guys gravitated yeah, towards yeah, this and area. this is you know we, you can yeah. drive here. Who wants to drive all the way down to Rainier, or you know, or yeah. drive down there? So there's and then then the North Cascades. Well, the road didn't open till seventy two, I think it was, mm-hmm. and so. Um, we started climbing in about 76, 77, 78. And so we had it to ourselves. I mean, we could drive up, we would drive up in the evening and it's long before they had the big building there at at Washington Pass. They Mm -hmm. just had kind of a, they just had kind of an information thing there. And then we would drive up there and then we'd just sack out in the woods. Mm-hmm. There was nobody wow. there. We'd had them out. It was like our own playground because wow. there was nobody climbing up there. That's why it's such a shock now. Mm-hmm. Gosh, to see the cars parked there on a weekend yeah, going up towards. The Becky oh, just, gosh. Yeah. It's just, you know, take a, you know, take a number and, you know, mm-hmm. you're next in line. Yeah. And in those days, it was like, you know, you had, we had it all to ourselves. Wow. So. So we got really got spoiled. <laughs> we really got spoiled. So, um, yeah, we, it was. Uh, we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of good climbs up there. Oh, and we, like I say, we we climbed all year round. We climbed winter time, and of course you couldn't go in the North Cascades, but we'd go up in the G Peak Range on the south side of the Skagit, up in that area, mm-hmm. and, and any place we could go. And then really? in the springtime, you, of course you get when they get the Cascade mm-hmm. Highway Twenty open. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. 
And then every summer we'd go on a trip. But yeah, Howard Armstrong and Dallas and I did a lot of climbing together. That's and then Howard took a Howard he got in an accident and mm-hmm. I think we went to I think it was probably ninety two. We went he got he got injured in ninety one or ninety two, went to Alaska in ninety two, and then he had bone on bone, he had to have oh. uh, his ankle fused because it was just it got munched in an accident. Oh. So after you get after that, we we still did some climbing. We didn't do a lot mm-hmm. of climbing. Was that a climbing related accident? Or? Yeah, he was with a he was with a, he had a girlfriend that climbed, and she knocked a rock down and hit him and banged up his knee and his ankle. Mm-hmm. Then she had to hike. I was down there by Chair Peak, mm-hmm. yeah, by um, Alpental. So she hiked out. Somebody got help, but it wasn't. I mean, that was probably in the. It took a while before they got rescued, before they got anybody there to get him out. So I think at that time is. His bone was exposed to the air. And wow, yeah. So he finally, he did heal up, and but he didn't do as much climbing as he did before, if I remember right. And, and how did you view that at, at the time, or even now, like in terms of the risk for accidents? Well, he's all, you know there's a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's kind of like anything. You think, well, it's not going to happen to me. It's <laughs> not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know that when I wasn't there when Howard got hit by this rock but you know i saw him afterwards and he was you know having to deal with the, with those injuries um and i you know i knew there was always a risk and i'm sure there's probably places where if i had a slip i wouldn't be here now either i mean yeah. that's just the name of the game mm-hmm. and so but but it, dallas was i know there's a people that that criticize uh us or Dallas for not being roped up when he fell. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that was that we had, there's a lot of places you climb where you just scramble and yeah, mm-hmm. if you fall, you're screwed and you could have put a rope on, but there's also that difference between climbing time-wise fast. Yeah. You know, you, if you'd belayed every dog on step you took, you know, mm-hmm. it would take you 12 hours to maybe do some, to do a climb or something. Yeah. And plus, and if it's in the winter time, you got to get out. And so we'd climbed the Pleiades before mm-hmm. and we didn't rope, I don't think roped up hardly at all on the Pleiades. And, and I'd be honest with you, I, I felt like I'm never going to see this mm-hmm. peak again because it was just a bunch of rotten crap. Oh, yeah. And so when... This ten years ago now, almost in September, when Dallas says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go, uh, gonna go climb, we're gonna go climb Corteo," and then the next thing I know, he says, "Oh, so and so has got a, a new route on the Pleiades. We're gonna che-. he read up on a new route on the Pleiades. We're gonna go check that out." Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So as we're as we're hiking in there and going across High Divide in that area, Dallas and I are joking and and we always joked. About you know, I remember Dal. I remember very vividly. Dallas said, as we were hiking up to do the Pleiades, he says, "Man, he says, you got to be crazy to do it once, but man, you got to be really stupid to do it twice." Oh you gosh! Know I mean, and yeah, I said, I thought this was. I'd never. <laughs> I really wasn't excited about climbing that piece of crud. Yeah. And so we would we're always joking, and because he was all, he would always joke, and he'd say, "Well, if something happens to him, don't let him say I'm." I'm, I was a hiker. You know, I was a hiker. I said, I'm a climber. I'm not a hiker. You know, so he always he, he, he and he made that comment on this, you know, on this climb. And, yeah. And so, wow. and he was always, you know, always, you know, test before you trust. Mm-hmm. So, you oh, know, so he's very measured. So he was. He, yeah, I mean, he's. Yeah, he was. He, you know, he wasn't a foolhardy, and he wasn't. 
he wasn't pushing it. Um, and that's why, and, and I think all of us would have just, you know, we weren't roped up at that point. Mm-hmm. And so we were almost to the summit and I think everybody would have just scrambled up to the summit. And I just think it just happened to be that one rock that was in there. And he mm-hmm. put a lot of, you know, you can test it. Yeah. But until you put your whole weight on it, you're not, you know, doing mm-hmm. it. But I think that's, I think that may have been what happened. Oh, that I yeah. know is that he probably just grabbed it and, and it pulled out on him and there was nothing to grab. Yeah, exactly. And I remember we did, he did that. That happened to us in the in the dome area the first time I ever went out with them. Oh, it did? We were walking along Howard and myself and Dallas, and Dallas was, we were, I forget where we were at, and going along and all of a sudden, Dallas was sitting, he says, told Howard and I, get by me, this thing is going to go, and it's a great big, huge rock. Oh. And basically he was holding it, and so Howard and I got past it, mm-hmm. and he what he basically had to do was he had to let go of the rock and jump out of the way, you wow. know, before it take you know before it knock him over. Oh my gosh! So you know, I mean, that's another you know, could have gone either way. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, wow, that's wild. You, you don't you don't you know, it's part of the hazards. It, it is, yeah, it is part of the hazard. It's like, part of the hazards, and that's the thing that I sometimes wrestle with. You know, like I don't want to base jump or do like squirrel suit stuff because that's no. a little more unpredictable, yeah, right? Yeah, and like these things is like slightly unpredictable, but just enough to where I'm not always confronting like death, basically, mm-hmm. or like serious mm-hmm. injury. Mm-hmm. But then I like I reflect on it. Like the thing I like about the climbing and the thing I like about like, you know, um, doing these like backcountry runs right. is like the risk is very real. And if I don't do all of the things that are necessary, then there's like serious consequences. Right. And so I'm going to do all the things that are necessary. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my like everyday life, if I cut the corners, if I don't do the dishes if i don't mm-hmm. make the bed mm-hmm. then like um just you know i'll feel a little lousy and i'll have these like consequences that are mild but mm-hmm. pretty easy to ignore but like having that for some for some reason really fulfills me mm-hmm. and like not that i'm like i want to free solo things but right with right, the, yeah. the climbing it's like kind of like what you said like you know where do i do my risk assessment right. and then like i have with trad climbing i'm putting all my protection in like my body my, my where my brain is saying like if you fall here even though that i have pro on like even if though i'm tied in and my protection's sound mm-hmm. secure like i'm not going to get really hurt like it's all right my mind just calm mm-hmm. it down mm-hmm. and that simulated experience is enough to fulfill me to where i don't have to do things that are like i'm dealing with unpredictable danger mm-hmm. that can kill me like at every moment mm-hmm. right yeah and it's interesting to hear that like you know you see your yeah. friend you know uh die doing the thing that that he really Mm -hmm. enjoyed and taking those risks but like it's that balance you know Mm -hmm. well it doesn't make i know that people say well at least he was doing something that he enjoyed doing and i just kind of shake my head and and saying well yeah but you know he wanted to keep on doing it it wasn't you know i mean it's it's just still it's still too it's a shame that you know it was that way and it was something i'll never forget watching him fall Mm -hmm. and so for people who are um, aspiring to be doing the things that he does, like what kind of advice would you give them? Or how would you look at your life if you were to do it all over again? Um, I, I don't have any, you know, I mean, I, it, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me that I never climbed Everest or yeah, that, you know, exactly. and, you know, um, I just, you know, I'm perfectly happy. I don't care if I don't do 510 or 511, 12 yeah. or AB and all the other things. Um, it doesn't bother me. I just enjoyed the climbs that I did. You know, it was probably five seven, five eight, and you know, and that was fine. That was fine with me. 
But um, well, when I start, but like I said, when I started, I mean, it was kind of, it was like, you know, you're, I was, you were in, in rock, in boots, you know, yeah. it's like you're having rock shoes, <laughs> exactly. with, you know, sticky stuff on it. Yeah. And so when they had the ratings and it was going like, you know, you had, well, you got five, 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 six, five, seven, you know, five, eight. And I, I don't know what it was for a while. Anyway, I know Dallas and I would sit there and joke, yeah, well, you go five, eight. And then after that, you just, you just go for it. You just you know, go, the, for, you it, just go yeah. for it. There was no number after <laughs> that, you know, it was just, you just go for it. It's left to the imagination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just, well, he just reach yeah. and hope there's something up there, yeah. you know, so. This, uh, I like the nature of the thing where like, cause you know, sometimes I get into this where like, it's being very results orientated where mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to climb this and it's going to be like really cool and this is my goal is to do this because it's harder and blah and then i realized that oh i just i'm like for me personally mm -hmm. missing the point mm -hmm. like for me the point is is to be out there enjoying the experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like if it gets challenging you know mentally physically mm -hmm. technically then try to just take it with ease mm -hmm. try to be calm and try to just enjoy the challenges mm -hmm. as they come whether they're like technical challenges or whether i just like i have diarrhea like mm -hmm. you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah like, no there was uh, what were we doing um we're doing North Early Winter Spire. Mm -hmm. And so Dallas, it was just Dallas and I, and we were going up. I'd never done it before, but he had. And so we were going up and we got down. There's a little flat spark. You go up and you go across the flat spot. Then you go into the into the kind of the notch there and you you go up, you know, up to the notch. Well, I'd never been. I said, well, where is it? He said, oh, just go up there and just <laughs> you just keep on just following up. Well, he, I couldn't see him, mm -hmm. and he was down there. And I'm so, where, where do you go? Do you go up here? Because, uh, you know, and, uh, and I know I, for whatever reason. So I started going up. I said, well, I guess you go up this right here. I started going up there, and <laughs> I got in a place where I got sewing machine legs. Oh, oh gosh! Man. Oh, I was no. just sitting here, and I was just oh, I mean, my the last chalk I put in was probably I don't know, 15 feet, you know, oh, down God. below me, and I'm sitting here on the, all this loose gravel, mm -hmm. and I'm just thinking, and I'm panicked. Like, yeah. I'm really panic and so i just kind of said okay so i just crammed myself into this as tight as i could mm -hmm. and i'm just saying okay just calm down now just think just think okay now okay you got to go you're gonna i'm gonna put this foot here i'm mm -hmm. gonna then i'm gonna put this hand here and so i talked myself on all the moves i was gonna do while oh. i was sitting in this you know crack yeah. trying to figure out what because i couldn't i couldn't down climb it uh -huh. And so, and I couldn't wrap off anything. And so I just sat there and I went through all these, I'm going to do this, you know, one, two, three, and so forth. And so that's what I did. Wow. And so I finally got up to, got up to the top of the North Early Winter Spire. So I'm belaying, I'm belaying Dallas up there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he gets up, he gets up to the summit and he's just shaking his head. He just, <laughs> God, he says, I wouldn't have led that for <laughs> all the tea in China. I said, well, where in the heck was the route? You know, I said, well, you just, you should have kept on just going straight. You turned off too soon. You yeah. know? So anyway, it was, yeah. So we had, there was always all situations like that. But I mean, you know, it's like driving down the highway. You can get in a car accident anytime. I, I keep trying you to know? like remind myself of that. It's like you know, the meridian sometimes is, is like a foot. Mm -hmm. And if you just drive a foot to the left, mm -hmm. like, you're, you're dead. And yeah. if I thought about it. If someone comes oncoming traffic, I can't really do much. No. I can't go right. No. I can't go left. No. But with climbing, I can shove myself into a hole. Right. Think about right. It. Well, the thing <laughs> about climbing is that, yeah, there's it's dangerous. But the other thing is that, you know, you're in control. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to put a chalk in? Do you not want to put a chalk on? Do you, do you, are you getting nervous on this? But, you know, you, you just have those controls where, 
you know, I mean, you can't do anything about rock fall and you can't do anything about avalanches. And, yeah. you know, those, there's certain things you don't have control when you're climbing. But um, you certainly have more control, you know, than you do when you're driving down the highway. Yeah. You've got all these other people that are on the road and you don't know what kind of shape they're in. So. Mm-hmm, exactly. But it's, uh, it, yeah, we, and we've had a lot of good and had a lot of good fun stories about Dallas. Um there was one time we were we were went we went down. He and I went down, just the two of us down to Oregon, and we were doing all these uh, Oregon peaks. And maybe it was maybe it was our California trip. We went back in California one time, went down and did um, Whitney, and went to Yosemite and did some. But at that time we were in Yosemite. This is probably in '82 or '83, and again. You know all this rock climbing. Well, we had climbing boots. Well, you're a lot of that rock. You're not going to climb a oh, lot wow, of yeah. peaks and the you know a lot of rock climbs and that. We did Cathedral Peak and the and the Coxcomb and did some peaks in there. But a lot of the rock climbs, you're not going to you know boot boots on. You're yeah. not. Yeah. So anyway, we were coming back home, and I had a cousin that lived in in Eugene. So I thought, well, we'll go to Eugene. We'll go, drive as far as Eugene. Maybe sack out at his place before we head on home. Mm-hmm. So I called ahead. Well, he had moved. He's in California. So. <laughs> Two kids were still there. They were in high school. Well, they're gone. So we pulled off on the Sandium Highway and this, because we, we always just, we just sacked out hotel, we call them hotel, motel one, yeah. a motel one. And we just find some place to sack out. We were driving along. It was dark by then. And it was just this cornfield, just got mowed. Oh, big. That'll be comfy. So we pulled yeah. off. So we're sitting there getting our sleeping bags out and our pads out. And one lone car goes by. And about that time, Dallas is dropping his drawers to call, crawl into the sleeping bag, and all of a sudden I look at the watch in the car, and the tail light, brake brake light comes on. He says, "Oh, what the hell's going on?" Oh yeah, sheriff. Oh no. So the sheriff comes in there and he pulls up and hi you guys and oh what what are you doing? Well we're just you know we I said well we were driving California blah blah. The guy almost answered the question and says oh you're driving you probably got too tired and you're just going to start. I said well yeah that's what it was you wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. Okay okay so you know he says well let me have your ID so we gave him our driver's license and they probably ran it through some kind of a system to see if we were wanted by the law or something. Yeah. He came back and he says no that's he says that's fine he says I don't think the farmer will care if you sack out here Whoa. you know so it was uh but it was just so funny this that, that car, one car goes by and dallas is dropping his pants yeah. you know, and then <laughs> that's so so and you have always had a lot of good laughs we had a lot of good laughs wow it just sounds like so, you guys got so much like adventure it just, was yeah wow. uh, we always was doing something so that's cool and, and the thing yeah the thing, one thing about dallas is I mean, as you've probably found out, is I mean, he touched a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people in the climbing, and uh, so he was just very good at sharing his his climbing experiences. Do you feel like that was like a very intentional thing that he did, or was he just have like a voracious appetite for climbing? And he I had think to- he had he liked climbing, and you know, he had a. a enough people he could you know if somebody if x can't go then maybe y can go and mm-hmm. you know or, or something else and so he did like additional things that were just beyond the climbing right because he had J- jason was telling me that he was could give out like an award ceremony oh, every year oh. and like that's like so like awesome but unusual yeah he had he would sponsor he had i think he started the mount erie run and up Mount Erie, and when he was doing it, he would have, he, like I said, he was very creative, and he'd make these, you know, goofy trophies, you know, for yeah. all those things. So I think it was, I want to say 1983, whatever the centennial was for uh, Skagit Valley or for Mount Vernon or something, that was the centennial. Mm-hmm. And so 
Dallas um, developed, he had sponsored, and I guess it was in a magazine, but there were a lot, of, there's a, there's a hundred mile run down in, from Nevada into California. Ooh. And so he was going to have a, a centennial run up here. And he, I don't know how we got the word out, but the word got out. And so he had, he figured it was a hundred miles from Cascade Pass mm -hmm. to Deception Pass. Mm -hmm. That was a hundred mile run. And so he's sponsored that. Uh -huh. wow. So he had these people that were, you know, that signed up for it. And so we, he was going to do this run. And then after they did, after he got it started, he and I were going to go climb, what is it? Not magic. Uh, what's the peak right there? Not magic. Yeah, the peak up. right there, right her, no, right by Cascade Pass. It's not mix up. Mix up peak. Mix, mix up. Peak. Mix up. Yeah. So they were going to, he, he started the run and we were going to go climb mix up. Mm -hmm. So what the runners had to do is, first of all, you had to park at the parking lot for Cascade Pass. You had to hike up the trail. To, all the runners had to hike up the trail wow. to get to the pass mm -hmm. and then start running from the pass back down to the parking lot and oh all the way gosh. to Deception Pass. Well, who's turns out to be at the Cascade Pass but the ranger? <laughs> What's going on here? What's going on oh, here? No. What's going on here? Who's who's in charge of this right here? Well, nobody's in there anyway. So he was gone. He was on his radio, you know, blah blah blah. Well, Dallas just boom, the race is on, and they were gone. And he, so they went, and he and I went climbing. I don't know what the ranger ever did Whoa. if he ever found anything. What's going but, on? Yeah, yeah, and he was. They were gone. So that was yeah. We always had a good chuckle out of that one. Wow. So, but yeah, they went on the run, and then he got up. We climbed that day, and then the next morning he got up, I don't know, three or four in the morning, sat at Deception Pass for the runners to come in. In fact, when we were coming back from the climb, you know, we passed them on the road that's, on, on, on their way to Deception Pass. That seems like a lot. Oh, 100 cool. miles. I mean, there's no, I don't and, even want to run 26. Yeah, you know, yeah. On, oh, yeah. You know, yet on 100. <laughs> He's got, I've gotten into ultra running over the past, like, oh. few years, and it's, yeah. Yeah, I, and then I just thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do, do injure my body yeah, yeah. and then pay the price, you know, 20 years later because, you know, you did some marathon and you torched your knee or something. So, so. he, like, hosted the marathon, the ultra marathon, yeah, and then he yeah. goes and climbs And we you, went climb picks up. And then he goes and drives all the way out to Deception. Then we drive, well, we, I live by the path. Yeah. And he lived in Anacortes, so you know we just went home like we normally do after the climb, and and we could and we were we could see the you know the runners they were along Highway 20 at various places you know on their way. So instead of just like oh I'm doing this race or I'm hosting this race, yeah. he's like he's also going to go and bag a peat. Yeah, like, so yeah, so we, yeah, so we went. Yeah, yeah, bag a peat. I do that a lot because like I think I'll hear my son tell people like you know this is what like just you know random people like climbing gym yeah. or something like that he's like well this is what we're gonna go do after that and then we're gonna go do this and then this and I'm like oh that's a lot and i'm just like i always try to like stuff it and just because mm -hmm. you know i i just get so excited about yeah. what i want to do and like what i want to do with my son too and then i just the sounds of him is of dallas is like that's like what he tried to do a lot was like mm -hmm. here's my day or here's my week and like i want to put it all in there because yeah. he was a even a a voracious runner too, right? He ran. In fact, I remember he would run. He taught in Oak Harbor, and there were times where he would, you know, run home. He would leave school from in Oak Harbor, and uh -huh. he would run back to Anacortes. Wow! And so he was, yeah, he was into running. And I remember towards the end there, uh, he was into the steeplechase. He did steeplechase. A steeplechase is kind of like, you know, you, you you run through the mud and you run over the obstacles, mm -hmm. jump over obstacles. It's like an obstacle course. Ooh, that's cool. And it's a steeplechase. And so he got into doing steeplechases after he retired. 
And I know that the ironic thing was, I think he flew down, he was doing one in California, and he flew down there to do the steeplechase. And I think he was just warming up before the race or something. Anyway, he stepped on a ledge on this, you know, cement bump or something and twisted his ankle. Oh, no. <laughs> and didn't get to run that one. <laughs> so, yeah. No, he was into that. And he's very artistic. Uh, very religious. <clears throat> and, he, and, I, and I respected his religion because he practiced what he preached on his religion. Wow. He, it was not, it wasn't hypocritical. How, how so? Like? I mean, he just, you know, I mean, he was just honest. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, you know, I mean, he just, you know, if you take a look at, you know, quote what so many religions are, these are the rules of religion. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he, he was, he went to church. He, you know, in fact, there were all those trips that we would go on. Um, I remember we were, I think we were in Oregon or someplace and we were in Nevada. I forget where it was. And it was a Sunday. And I mean, I knew he'd, he liked to go to church. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I says, Dallas, if you want to go to church, go to church. I don't care. Whoa. You know, I mean, it didn't make any difference. It's Sunday. If we weren't mm -hmm. if we were traveling that day, why well, just, you know. Yeah. So I remember one place, I don't know where it was, but there was a Catholic church someplace. And so I'm sitting outside greasing my boots in Dallas, and here then all the hymns are going on inside. And, and I mean, and that's true a lot of times. He, he knew where the Catholic, when we went to Banff up in that area, he'd go to the Catholic church on Sunday in Banff and go to church. And so... Uh, I just, I mean, I respected him because, you know, he yeah. he did it, and he, but he was not raised in hell, and, yeah. you know. But in, like, a really beautiful way also because it's, like, sometimes I see people where, whether it's, like, it's work or, like, you know, like, family commitments, and they're, like, I'm not able to do this thing that I like because I have these commitments. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, like, ah, oh, it's a creative problem. Mm -hmm. And, like, he embodies that mm -hmm. by the sound. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I like to climb and I need to go out there, but mm -hmm. I also, like, I value, you know, my religion and right. I want to practice it. And there's a church here that I've never been to. Oh, like, yeah. And I, I, I sometimes I have the impression from Carol that he already knew where all the churches were <laughs> when we go on these trips. Oh, because you didn't have which, Google search or anything. No, no. Wow. You, see, you had to go you know, go into Banff and, you know, you'd look up, <laughs> you'd either ask somebody or look in the phone book at the time. Wow. You know, and so... Um, but you know, but I mean, if we were out climbing someplace, he never said, well, I'm, I can't climb that. I'm not yeah. going to go climb that peak on that day. Cause it's Sunday and I go to church. It was always, if it worked out, you know, that we were in a town someplace and having a rest day or traveling and you know, then go ahead, go to church. That's I don't, lovely, I don't that's like, care. that's like, so like, cause it's not black and white really. Like, you know, no. being commitment and being good at like, like being of service to your children or being mm -hmm. of service to your relationship or your religion or, or whatever it is, is like not black and white to where like, I'm only doing this and I do it yeah, every Sunday. That's yeah. not a, a, a person who I would admire. It's like that person who knows when to make those judgments. Yeah. I mean, it themselves. wasn't, yeah. Right? I mean, it wasn't, you know, like I said, it, it wasn't, you know, written in stone that he yeah. had, you know, he had to go to church. If it worked out fine, if it didn't, you know, that was fine too. And we never had, um, I'm not particularly religious mm -hmm. and, but it was, it was never a problem. What's, you know, we just, you didn't proselytize or anything like that, like tell you. Oh, we would talk about some things, but in most cases, we just kind of let it, you know, just let it be know. the way it was, That's you know, cool. because it, he did, he wasn't going to try to convert me, and I mm -hmm. wasn't going to, you know, slam him for his beliefs, you know. And so, um, I mean, there were there were some there were some things we would talk about, but you know, it's kind of hard. It, we we never we never you know never got to blows. In fact, I, yeah. I remember after when when Dallas died, I was reflecting back on all on all the climbing we did. And there's not many people I can probably never had. We never had a harsh word. We never really? ever argued. Wow. It was never a argument. It was like you know, 
well, let's do this. Well, we don't. And it was, you know, no one was, you know, pushing their way or this yeah. and that. And we just never had any harsh words. Oh, that's so wonderful. And we just, it was a very good relationship, even though we were two different people. Mm-hmm. But we still, none of us were to the point where our ego was involved or, you know, well, I want to do this. And, you know, it's either, you know, me or the, me or the highway or mm-hmm. whatever. So it was, it was a good, a good relationship. And I don't know anybody that ever really argued with him, but wow. Do you think climbing really set the ground for that, or was that a Dallas thing? Like the no, way that's that just no. It? That's a relationship between human beings. Yeah. I got another human being that I climb with. That you know, it's just you know his. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it damn near come to blows sometimes, you know, uh, you know, on the mountains and you think, oh, geez, you know, this, is, this isn't the place to be, you know. I have a friend who's like that. He's just yeah. like, I want to live alone. Yeah. And like, it's very, he's like yeah. political and I usually am not like yeah. political, but he just will tell me like all these things, like if the, you know, like that schools are brainwashing mm-hmm. children yeah. and all these things. And I'm just like, I'll listen yeah. and then I'll just talk and try to be open-minded and, you know, learn to, yeah. do, to yeah. do that. Like. I disagree, but I need to respect his yeah. beliefs and, and stuff well, like that. Well, most of our arguments weren't used, weren't usually on something that that yeah. that important yeah, about no, politics. Yeah. It was some other stupid thing, like you know. Anyway, take a picture. Oh hell, I'm tired. You're tired of taking. I just you know. And then, oh gosh, you know. So that's funny. Kathy knows. Yeah. Kathy knows him, and she knows. Oh. You know, we were over in the guy that was in Switzerland, and huh. he was just man. We were sitting on top of one of the mountains there. And, any, anyway, so I just kind of came home and I said, you know, I think I'm going to get a divorce. I think I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to divorce this guy. You divorce know. my partner. Yeah, divorce this guy. I can't take wow. it anymore. So, but, but not with Dallas. It was just always, it was always fun. So in saying that, how much did Dallas influence your personal life? Like not spending time with, the time that you spent with him climbing, how much did that influence how you, like the things that you did in your own personal life and like how you treated other people and, and stuff? Um. Two forty-five. Okay. Sorry. No, no, I, I, I really, I don't know. I just, I know that I respected Dallas because, of, uh, because he practiced what he preached, mm-hmm. and he never tried to convert anybody or you know or any way. Um, so I, I, I have a tough question on yeah. that one. It's my, my per, our, That's why I mean our personal lives were so separate from our climbing that it was really focused on climbing. Because I've and, met people who, in martial arts, right, where, mm-hmm. like, I was, I'm not particularly religious, but mm-hmm. I like reading about religion, mm-hmm. so that, like, in its application of your own daily life, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, throw out what I want and keep what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had this air about me um, where, like, oh, religious people, all they're going to talk about is their religion, they're going to want me to think about it, and they're going to judge me, and, like, mm-hmm. and what I didn't know is, is that I was actually kind of being ignorant. Right. I was assuming that everyone who had this belief mm. is going to be like right. this kind of right. person. And right. then I do martial arts and like I have someone who's like they're like Protestant. I think that's how you say that. Mm-hmm. And um, Catholic. And then I had another guy from like uh, Israel and he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm doing martial arts with them. And I'm like, wow, these people are really cool. And it's like, oh, wait, you're a pastor. But you're like super cool. Like I don't feel like I got to put on a face or mm-hmm. anything. And you don't, you talk about like, mm-hmm. why are you doing kickboxing in like a skirt down to your ankles and a long sleeve shirt? And it's like, cause you can't expose your skin, but mm-hmm. they never like talked about that. I just right. noticed yeah. it. And like, they're cool people. And I realized that I was being ignorant and judging people mm-hmm. for their beliefs. And I realized that no, people are 
there's just cool people yeah. and there's not cool people. Yeah. Like the friend that you, you know, argue with, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's not because he's religious or not religious. It's just, yeah. that's who they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it really affected my, it softened me up a little bit. Mm. And like, I like the climbing because I feel like I really get to, even if you don't use words, mm-hmm. I really get to know the person. Because whether or not you're like, you got sewing machine leg and you're kind of scared, right? Or you're at the top and you feel like you just prevailed. Like you get to know someone that like, I don't know how to put this in an appropriate way that I don't think I've, I've never bonded with someone so intensely as I have done doing that. Mm -hmm. Not even with my own family. Mm. And like, like I love my family. Mm -hmm. I'm close with my Mm -hmm. family, but there's like that weird thing that I get. Mm-hmm. where that like that bond that i have with someone where like all of it's just like out there mm-hmm. and like i have to remind myself to do that with my family but mm-hmm. in climbing i also experience it in jujitsu mm-hmm. you know if you don't know jujitsu like people try mm-hmm. to choke each other mm-hmm. and like arm bars and joint locks and stuff and you tap and you say you know don't hurt me and they right. never do mm-hmm. and like those people it's the same thing like i'm so close to them because mm-hmm. like I feel like you're put in the most vulnerable situation, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's the most scared you can be, or Mm -hmm. that's the most you can like try. Right. And you fail in front of these people and then they're still there for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that had like a lot to teach Mm -hmm. me, even if you don't use words. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of it, you know, that you're, you know, when you're blaming somebody, you know, you've, you know, you're, they got, you got their life in your hands. Mm -hmm. If something does happen, you know, um, so, but Dallas was, I mean, Dallas was, it was, I remember we, because Dallas had done some climbing with Fred Becky. And so, um, but Dallas always felt, you know, in some ways he felt sorry for Fred because Fred didn't have a family and, you know, and, and Dallas had his family. And so he really treasured his family. He wouldn't, you know, that was, you know, he would, climbing wasn't his he loved it. I mean, that's obviously, but I mean, it certainly wasn't necessarily uh, more than his family. He always treasured his family. Did you ever come to, to terms in your life to where, like, you loved climbing and you loved your family, and then there was, like, a point where you're like, oh, I'm getting pulled really hard one way or the other, and you had to think about that a lot? No, I guess, no, I was lucky because I never, you know, um, I never ha- I never got in that situation. I was never... Uh, my wife would always, you know, she never said, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, um, and there obviously there's times when, you know, I feel like shit, yeah, yeah, you, we know, all, going, we all you know, going climbing and leaving the family mm-hmm. behind. And especially when you got young, a young kid or something. Yeah. And, and so, but I, I was never, no, I know I, was, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a situ- there was never a situation where, you know, it's me or climbing, you know, mm-hmm. it's your family or you're climbing. So it was never that situation. Yeah. And because yeah, I had time, I could, I could do both. I could mm-hmm. go do stuff with my family. And then I could also have time to go climbing. Yeah. And so. Um, and that's, I think, is an important boundary to set because, like, I even, you know, I've set up a false dichotomy before where it's like family or climbing mm-hmm. or family or running mm-hmm. or family or jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whatever I like and do that my individual time and the time spent with my son. And, you know, for me, get a little unique yeah. situation yeah. where it's like if I want to go do something and leaving my son with, like, his friend mm-hmm. or more often, like, someone who is watching him for Right. Me. And, like that sets up a situation to where like I have to make sure that I set aside that time or else I won't. And I've seen people who've spent a lot of their life, like 
not developing their own interests mm-hmm. and their own things. Mm-hmm. And they just like are always raising their child. Right. Mm-hmm. And even then they're not in- incorporating and exploring what they like and introducing mm-hmm. that to their child. They're just merely like thinking solely off of mm-hmm. what their children's needs are. Mm-hmm. And like, I've seen some cons to that. Like that. I like there's pros and cons, but I've seen some things in there. Like I just don't want to go down that road. I realize right. that I have to, even if sometimes my son's like, I really want to hang out with you. Like mm-hmm. I have to be like, listen, for the last like two days, we've been with each other mm-hmm. the whole day mm-hmm. and I've had one-on-one time with you. I got to go do something for myself. Mm-hmm. And like when I go and do those things, I realize that I come back and I can be more of service to my yeah. son. And like maybe he's having a hard time. It's easier to, to help him and be calm. Maybe he's having a good time. I can physically run around with my mm-hmm. son. Yeah. Like I love that, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, everybody has it. Whether you're climbing or do, or doing something else, mm-hmm. everybody has that conflict. Yeah, exa- you know, exactly. No matter what you're doing, if you're roller skating or, you know, no matter what activity, mm-hmm. it's just part of life. And so. I think you're going to draw the line at some point in your life. You're going to do a poor job at some point, even for a little bit mm-hmm. or a lot, on one of those sides. Mm-hmm. You're either going to not spend enough time by yourself or with friends mm-hmm. or not enough time with your kid. And you're going to make a mistake there. Yeah. So, yeah. How you maybe how the relationship you have? I never had. I I, I didn't. I don't think I didn't. <laughs> there were times when I felt bad. I mean, there's obvious. Yeah. I mean, boy, saying goodbye when we take yeah. off on these, you know, ten days or something, you know, uh-huh. and hit the road and drive up to Canada or fly up to Alaska or something. I mean, it was all. It was hard leaving the family. Oh, yeah. It really was hard, you know. And especially going to Switzerland, you know, you go there, you go for two weeks, and yes, yeah, and you know, that. and it's not, you know, and it's not like in those days you didn't have cell phones or anything. So you know, you you just didn't call up on you know call the family back wow. in the states you know on, on a whim you know it was expensive yeah. and it was you had to go to the post office and get a phone booth and they had oh, you know man. transfer the line all this other stuff Whoa. so it's always it's always a you know feeling of you know deserting the family and everything but i never but my family didn't i probably put it more on myself yeah. and you might do too you probably put more on yourself than maybe your family's putting on you yeah that you know you're the one that's feeling guilt not because of <laughs> not not because of what they think but because you know like you feel guilty so i always have this thing and it's like i have to climb like either like a whole grade or half a grade easier mm-hmm. if i'm feeling guilty because mm-hmm. oh. like, <laughs> i just don't have the mindset for yeah, it like, yeah 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 right? yeah i'm too guilty yeah i'm just scared so yeah yeah, yeah. And, anyway um and then is there like uh is there anything that like knowing dallas that that he he taught you you know about climbing or about like just your life that uh is an important takeaway that you'd like to show well I, I you know it's he like i said he taught me a lot of uh technical things mm-hmm. you know as far as you know placing protection and um, Dallas, I mean, one thing, if I, I probably have more pictures of Dallas than I have anybody else, including the family in some places, uh, because I was, would take the pictures, mm-hmm. but it was interesting. Dallas didn't smile much. You'd, really? you'd get a picture of it and you'd take a, get a picture on the summit and very rarely was there ever a smile. And it was always odd, but he just, he didn't seem to smile a lot, but I think yeah. he enjoyed himself. Um. I just had we just had a we had a good time. I'm not sure if there's a lesson that he taught me. Um, I know we I I do now. I use the idea, you know, you can't climb them all because yeah. I now know I'm not going to climb them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think a lot of ways. I think his the way he cared for his family probably was one of the things that you know that stuck with me. Huh. 
in terms of, you know, especially going away and leaving the family and mm -hmm. him placing the family very high. So I always took that away from it and with him. And But a lot of it was just basically having, you know, enjoying the mountains together, enjoying some, you know, some beautiful scenery and fun climbs and just enjoying life mm. at the time. So was he very a jovial character? Like you guys mentioned, like some like so he, he it was he was not always. He wasn't he wasn't as much of a goof off and a, you know screwing around. Or he was pretty mm. serious in most cases. But mm. there were times where you know he would you know get going and and uh, let let his hair down a little bit yeah. and and uh, be a little more jovial. But he wasn't necessarily jovial a lot, you mm -hmm. know, along the things. So. I mean, we like I say, we'd always laugh about you know, something happens to me, don't let them call me a hiker, you yeah. know, and, and uh, so I'm trying to bring that spirit in because I sometimes I lose it and I'm like, mm, we're gonna go do this, and mm -hmm. you know, like all like serious, and I just gotta sometimes I gotta be like, clip in, hang back on the dental floss, and just mm -hmm. <laughs> let it all set, let it in, set right? in, yeah, 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 just yeah. being like you know a little more silly yeah. and like the pacing myself, and that's where like that thing you talked about. Uh, about like that risk management right mm -hmm. is in the speed and you mm -hmm. know you can't yeah. always just like uh, belay you know yeah. like pitch out every step yeah and that's where like yeah. i completely agree and i look in like my own way like i'll probably draw the line a little bit further back mm -hmm. in terms of being more prudent with mm -hmm. my um safety but i still am there like yeah you still gotta you know this speed is safety also even yeah. though it may you know but it just you know but I remember Dallas would always tell anybody he went with, they were comfortable. He says, you don't feel comfortable, you know, we'll get we'll get the rope out. And so, because there were you know, a lot of places, that a lot of the climbing that Dallas and Howard and I did, mm -hmm. it was up in the North Cascades, and we were just used to North Cascade Rock. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's you walk across this and you don't, you know, you're not panicked. And someone else, I remember we had person went with us once and we were up climbing and they were going across down sloping gravel and we mm -hmm. were just walking across it and this guy was oh my gosh my <laughs> wife could see me now she'd kill me you know <laughs> oh, yeah. because he wasn't used to that stuff yeah you yeah, know so it's sense. like walking on a two by four that's two feet off the ground and yeah. walking on a two by four that's you know 100 feet off the ground yeah. you know same two by <laughs> yeah. four but <laughs> there's more space there it makes it a little more nerve-wracking exactly well i've seen people pitch out a house-sized ledge and mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, there's trees growing here. We can walk. We're fine. Mm -hmm. let's, not, let's just put the ropes away. Yeah. But, you know, and it's cool in those situations because it really makes you think. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it's all, it's all, a lot of it's risk management. Especially yeah. if you're doing like more of the, which I like doing, the easier climbs. Mm -hmm. But that are more adventurous, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it just comes into, should we simul climb mm -hmm. there? Should we just, yeah. you know, take yeah. the rope off? And well, Dallas, Dallas did like to do new routes. Did he? Yeah, he liked yeah. to do new routes. Did, did you like to do them in? too? Yeah, I was kind of. I just kind of went along with them. A lot of cases, I didn't really seek them out necessarily. Is that almost done? Yeah. Okay. Whoops. Yeah. Let me just finish this one. Is that is that like something your relationship with them, where he's like putting forth all these objectives and kind of. And like well, kind I of think a, a lot of it was that because I started climbing when I was I was probably thirty. What was I seventy? 30, I was, I was probably close to 30, 31, 32, something, when I first took this climbing class. And it's a, a situation where I'm just starting, mm -hmm. you know, and then that first trip I went with him, I was just new to the whole ball game of all this climbing stuff. And he'd been doing it, you know, for years. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, and so it's, 
you, I, I never felt I could ever catch up with it. I, I can never, you know, oh, I'm wow. always back here, you know, yeah. I'm always the follower. I'm always That's, the one that, you know, I, well, whatever you think, whatever you yeah, think. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I could sit, we could, as years went on, we could, we'd, we'd talk about what do you want to do this? You want to do that? And yeah. where, where do you want to go? And so forth. But it was, uh, but he, it was probably more or less, he was probably the leader just because wow. he had had more experience and that's where the relationship started. He was always yeah. up here and yeah. I was still down here trying to catch up. And, and then like, and, correct me if I'm wrong, like in the whole community, like as you go along, the popularity increases, like there only becomes like a few people who have been doing mm -hmm. it for a lot of for the a time. Lot of, yeah. And a lot of people coming into it yeah. more than the rest, right? Yeah. Who've kind of been doing it. So then yeah. you just have these leaders that are built yeah. like Becky and then what, like, yeah. Uh, Howard Armstrong. Yeah, and Howard in, too. In yeah. Dallas. Yeah. That's so there was, yeah, it's just, um, there was a, there was quite a few of them. Oh, I forget some of the names of his other guys that he climbed with. Simon was one guy named Simon. Um, what was his first name? Oh, I forget what it was. Oh, another good story was that um, Dallas, and I forget who it was. It was up, they were up there, up by, um, Blum 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 Peak mm -hmm. up by the, up in the Blum Lake area, and they went up there and they were climbing and fishing the lakes area. Well, Dallas hurt his leg and he couldn't move, so this the guy had to hike down out of Blum Lakes back down to the Baker Lake area to get a rescue. Well, by the time he got the rescue, Dallas was feeling a lot better, but they had the <laughs> helicopter in there. <laughs> Dallas said, "I just sat and ate hotcakes all morning long." <laughs> So he kind of felt bad. He sort of had all this rescue going, and, and he didn't probably have to have it, but it, oh, at the gosh. time it was necessary. But the other one that he that I know that he had a he was climbing with another with a guy, and they were doing the north face of uh, Liberty Belt, mm -hmm. and Ooh. the guy was was going out, and Dallas was belaying, and the other guy was leading out, and took a fall, mm -hmm. and ended up on a ledge. And Dallas had to down climb off that and get down to get help and everything, mm -hmm. and, and which which they did, you know. But basically, he says, "Well, the, what the guy did, he says, the guy, you you go up this and you get on the climb. Well, if you go if you go too far to the left, you're on you're on you're off route, and mm -hmm. that's where this guy ended up doing. You got off route, and then that's where he took a fall. Oh wow." So then Dallas told me that story. Then the next thing I know, well, let's go do, we got, we got to go do the North Face. You don't want to do the Becky route. You want to, <laughs> let's go do the North Face, you know? So, okay, okay. So Dallas and Howard and I went and did the North Face on, mm -hmm. you know, Liberty Bell. And we had a great time. Wow, really? Great, yeah, so it was a fun climb. Oh. I think by that time, I think we might have had rock shoes. I'm not sure if we had rock shoes in or not. I forget what, what we had. Did it make a big difference and once you got rock shoes? Oh, rock shoes made so much <laughs> a big difference. I mean, you got those big heavy you know vibrant soles yeah. you got you got some nubbin yeah, you yeah. know and you got your put your boot on that well there's nothing and if you go it up you know to try to smear or whatever yeah. you know you don't smear with a vibram sole so uh yeah it made a big difference and you know i mean the becky route's really fun now before you had those yeah. boots you had you had to you know jam them in there wow. and you know and it was just yeah this was a old days never thought it'd be in the old days but i guess that's one of the old days so yeah <laughs> Um, I'm never, yeah. and I'm gonna f one day find myself in a similar predicament. Yeah, you'll, yeah. If you're lucky, you'll be yeah. one of the old. Uh, one of Dallas's, one of his good sayings was this. Yeah, he says, you know, there's a lot of old, old climbers and bold climbers, but there's not many old and bold. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can give you Howard's uh, phone number if you yeah, want. If you want, absolutely. I don't. I haven't got it with me right now, yeah, no, but I'll, I'll send it to you, and you can call yeah. him. He lives up. 
He's up at Lake Samish. Oh yeah, or, or uh, Samish Island. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and so and and Mark Nelson knows him. Like I said, Howard was the instructor for the climbing class that I took, and Mark Nelson took back in the seventies. Yeah, and he was he was yeah. one of the instructors. So that's how I got to know him. And, yeah, it would be rad because like you know, I've just fallen in love with even like the Cascades and like all these people that have you know just had these history in the yeah. cast, like Northern yeah. Cascades off of 20s. oh yeah like, yeah it's the most beautiful place. That I've like ever like that I've ever mm-hmm. seen personally. I haven't seen much, but like I'm just in love with it. And those the people that have you know been fascinated, and been in this area. Like I just want to learn more. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, is like it's like um, for us because we're older. You know, when they opened up the Cascades in '72, you know, we were 25, whatever. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that early part of the of the 70s you know it was just basically and you know had it to ourselves wow yeah because you read all the stories about becky becky driving all the way over to the north over to the mazama and yeah. approaching you're know, trying to do liberty bell from you know early winter's campground down mm-hmm. there and it was, you know those guys they, they, they were they were tough guys i mean they just yeah. and they were tough and it's just you know something else so then now it's just you know like i said you know if you're born in 95, well, hell, 72, so I'm like, gosh, you know, that's old, that's ancient history. Yeah. So, but for us, it was like, you know, well, they just opened up the road and now I have all these peaks that were available to go climb. And, and it just completely opened up this whole territory. I know it, I know. Wow. And it just, you know. And I'm looking at, and I look at like the Gunsight Range and the Pickets is like mm-hmm. the most, those, both those places are considered their most remote places in the lower yeah. 48. And that like just draws me there. Yeah. And then just listening to you guys like, that's just that's so wild. Yeah, man. yeah. No, we we did the we did the northern pickets and we did the southern pickets. Oh, and yeah, the southern picket. That's a man. That's I I don't I haven't been there. Well, it's been a long time. Mark mm-hmm. Nelson went in there with us, and I remember he made a comment. But I don't know how I don't know how much it's been. If it's been so overused now that it's not before it was a lot of trouble route finding because you yeah. get up into the, you couldn't you know trying to get up there and you're in the woods and you can't see far enough to see where you're going, mm-hmm. but I and it took us a while but it, I don't know if it's overrun now with it's easy to, you know slightly a, a easier walk, slightly easier slightly yeah. that's what yeah. I, from yeah. what I understand yeah 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 oh yeah McMillan Spire it's yeah like, yeah, yeah McMillan Spire yeah we did those and what else did we do we did oh oh um. Uh, the chopping block. The chopping. How was that? The chop- it was fun. It wow. was a fun. I was, it, I was wondering what I wanted to do on it. Yeah. D- a different oh, one. And yeah. so, in, anyway, yeah, the chopping block was fun. And Dallas and I, what was it? Dallas and I have backed off a couple. At a couple oh, had, really? I mean, oh, yeah, there was, I forget what it was. Was it Dagenhart? No, it wasn't Dagenhart. There was something, there was something, there was something else up in that area, then Dallas said, let's go do this. And so we went and started doing that. And we got to, well, we backed off and just said, this isn't worth it. And we did that up in Canada. Also one time there was this rock climb we were going to go on. And it was just, the rock was just getting crummy. And mm-hmm. so we just said, so we so we backed off that. There was three of us, Howard and Dallas and myself. And Dallas said, and there's a Temple Peak. It's right there outside of the um, Lake Louise area or the uh, Ten Lakes, Ten Lakes Basin or Ten Peaks Basin, mm-hmm. and so Dallas had climbed Temple before, and so Howard and I never oh, let's go climb that. So we didn't have ice axes or anything, but it was a snow climb. And so Dallas <laughs> he went back down to the lake and rested, and Howard and I went up to go do Temple. Well, we didn't have any ice axes, so we took a couple sticks and tied them together, <laughs> you know, like you had an ice axe, you know, to go. I mean, it was it wasn't real. It wasn't you know what real serious. Yeah, but exactly. You usually had something, you know. Wow, it was and about so, like forty degrees. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, we weren't doing you know crampons and everything. So we went and climbed <laughs> Temple and came back down. And I remember Dallas was down there by the lake, and he's just 
Boy, uh, to see you dive in that water. I tell you, if I could walk on the water, that water was so cold. Really? Oh, Moraine God. Lake. It's oh, Moraine gosh. Lake and Ten, Ten Peaks Basin. Oh, oh. It's, there's, there's so many people there now. It's just, you know, overcrowded. Yeah, of but, course, yeah. but anyway, yeah. Wow. But, but boy, was that ever cold. That's well, wild. we'll let you go and we'll go. Yeah, absolutely. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. But I'll, I'll send Thank you. you for listening uh, to this I'll episode of the podcast. Woo! I love being able to talk with people who have basically spent their whole lives doing the thing that I've just begun. And it's amazing to, to listen to like the, the culture of climbing in, in the area start and grow through a group of people. And Dallas was just wild. I love how, or at least I'm interested in how he balanced running, rock climbing, his family, teaching, his professionally. And he was even like actively religious. And that's cool. If you guys would like to learn more about Dallas, um, I've got some upcoming episodes with more of his climbing partners and hopefully some family members. And on the website, becominghumanpodcast.com forward slash Dallas, D-A-L-L-A-S, you'll find um, a link to the episode and some photos of the rock climbing cragging areas that he developed and of some of the alpine routes that he was the first to ever climb thank you guys for listening to this episode and i hope you guys have a wonderful road turn out the lights get out and look up at the sky and i do this to remind me that i'm really really tiny in the grand scheme of things and sometimes this terrifies me it's only really scary because it makes me feel serene in a way i never thought i'd be because i've never so grounded and so humbled and so one with everything I am grounded, I am humbled, I am one with everything Rock and roll is fun, but if you ever hear someone Say you are here to look at the moon, look at the stars, look at the sun Look at the ocean and the desert and the mountains and the sky Say I am just a speck of dust inside a giant's eye I am just a speck of dust inside a giant's eye When I saw jean I really liked it when she said What she said about the giant and the lemmings on the cliff she said, I like giants, especially girl giants, cause all girls feel too big sometimes, regardless of their size. When I go for a drive, I like to pull off to the side of the road and run and jump into the ocean in my clothes. I'm smaller than a poppy seed inside a great big bowl, and the ocean is a giant that can swallow me whole. So I swim for all salvation and I swim to save my soul, but my soul is just a whisper trapped inside a tornado. So I flip to my back and I float and I sing. I am grounded, I am humbled, I am one with everything. I am grounded, I am humbled, I am one with everything. So I talked to Jean-Vierre and almost cried when she said that the giant on the cliff wished that she was dead and the lemmings on the cliff wished that they were dead. So the giant told the lemmings why they ought to live instead when she thought of all the reasons that they ought to live instead. It made her reconsider all the sad thoughts in her head. So thank you Jean-Vierre cause you take what is in your head. You make things that are so beautiful and share them with your friends. We all become important when we realize our goal should be to figure out our role within the context of the whole. And yeah, rock and roll is fun, but if you ever hear someone say you are huge, look at the moon, look at the stars, look at the sun, look at the ocean and the desert and the mountains and the 
the sky Say I am just a speck of dust inside a giant's eye I am just a speck of dust inside a giant's eye I am just a speck of dust inside a giant's eye And I don't wanna make